0: Welcome, fellow wine lovers! This is the Wine Ghosts Podcast. I'm Matej Vosch, sommelier and seeker of hidden stories behind the wine labels. For wine tasting clips and video interviews with my guests, please look for the Wine Ghosts on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. But now, please grab a glass and listen to how today's ghosts got out of the bottle. The first podcast that focuses on one of my favorite regions, Priorat, in Spain. I had the great chance to connect with the Perignet Winery, one of the shining stars in the area, to give insights in their terroir and magical cellar work. Perignet is located in the northeastern part of the Priorat region, in the village zone of Poboleda. Perignet's knowledgeable winemaker, Antoni Sanchez Ortiz, together with Carlota, gave a profound masterclass on the region. Its characteristic Korea soil, microclimatic differences, the key grape varieties, the difference between Monsant and Priorat, Carnaccia and Carignena, and why these grapes are handled differently in the wine-making process. Every perignette bottle amazed us. My girlfriend was actually weeping for joy when trying one of these wines. You can find out in the podcast which one Feel free to watch shorter, thematic clips cut out of the podcast on the Vangos YouTube channel, or watch the entire conversation by the Vangos Patreon channel in return for a small monthly contribution, where you can also find my PDF summary about the podcast, respectively. You can find all the links below, of course, as always. But now, enjoy! Okay, so... Carlotta and Tony, thanks, thanks
1: for the, taking the time from the snowy Priorat, <laughs> but uh, from the very hot Priorat. Thanks for taking the time, and um, we opened uh, three of your beautiful vines yesterday, and uh, really got things got really emotional. Beautiful vines, so I'm looking Thank forward to, to the answers. <laughs> so, c- can you talk, or could you maybe both uh, talk a little bit about the winery and how did it
2: came along, and where are you exactly in Priorat? Okay, so the, um, the winery was founded in 2000. Um, uh, you know, in between 95 and 2000, there was a big movement in the period of like new people coming, new winemakers, and, and the area was growing quite, quite a lot. Uh-huh. And it was founded in 2000. Okay, and the, at that time, uh, people was introducing also some French grapes. So mostly we've been working with Garnaccio and Carignyana, mm-hmm. but also we introduced Merlot, Syrah, and Cabernet. The, the vines are growing around the winery, but also we have the, 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 the vineyards in two different towns. Mm-hmm. And then the winery, it's a, we call it a state winery because we make the wine with the grapes that we... We produce by our own. So we do not buy any grape and everything is, 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 is house produced. And starting in 2000, there has been an evolution on the vineyards. They, they get older and they got older. And now we are able to identify the different qualities, the different textures and the different profiles. So that's why we came across on identifying the different um, the different wines we are making. We started making all these wines, Mary, our entry level, Perinet, our tour blend, and 1194. But now, as long as it goes, we like to introduce more single vineyards because mm-hmm. single vineyards, they are, they express much more. They are more specific. And for those wine lovers who are really interested in understanding the grape, I think the single vineyard is also helpful to understand the area and it's also helpful to understand the way we work. Even if the cuvee, it's always a blend that it's, you can market much better the cuvee, yeah. but making a single vineyard makes our winery a little bit uh, yeah. special.
1: Hmm. And uh, okay. there are like 12 village zones in Priora, right? And you are located in uh, Poboleda, if I'm
2: correct? Yes, we're um, in the North. Priorat is one of the tiniest areas in Spain, so it's really a very tiny wine-growing area. Mm-hmm. So we identified the Priorat like south and north, more or less, because the south gets more drier winds from the Ebro River Valley, okay. and the north, where we are located, it gets more humidity. So we get more freshness in the north, mm-hmm. even if tannin concentration is the same. In the south, they get so lower acidity, while in the north we get um, kind of higher acidity, so we get fresher water. Mm-hmm.
1: And in terms of um, elevation, is there also a big difference between south and north or maybe as other Not so much,
2: but it gets about three meters above the sea level in the south and mm-hmm. to 600 to in the north. So it's the difference may vary between 250 to 300 meters, the difference between different locations. Mm-hmm. But both get the influence from the sea and both get a very dry weather uh, during, during summer. But mm-hmm. really, the most difficult thing in the Priorat, it's not really altitude, but it's the exposure. Because the orography of the Priorat is kind of crazy, with a lot of hilly. Chile mountains, and so depending on the exposure where you've got your vine, you get a completely different way of uh, evolving the aromas and you know, if the wines are completely different, they are facing north, south, east or west, Mm -hmm. not as much as uh, when they are located at different altitudes. Mm -hmm. And uh, why
1: is actually your village zone uh, so special? Is it... uh because of these
2: exposures and maybe the altitude or what what are maybe the Uh, subtle differences? In fact, Coboleda, so if this is the north and this is the south, we get a big range of mountains in the north, which is Uh called the Monsan Natural Uh Park. And Coboleda is located very close to the bottom of the mountain. So it gets the wind and it gets kind of very well-ventilated area, Uh even in summer. So then we get hot days and very cold nights because of the wind. The wind kind of refrigerates the grapes and they, they keep the acidity and they increase the aromas because, you know, when you get these thermal amplitude conditions in, in the summer, it helps a lot because they, they struggle very much during the day and they recover at night. So both extreme situations, they compensate the vines and that's why the vines are still alive, even if it's a very hot uh, area, as it's, as it's very common in Spain. But, for mm-hmm. example, the south of the Spain, it happens the same. Some of the areas in Granada, higher in altitude, they get this acidity and freshness, even if you are in the south of Spain. So here in the Priorat, there's a lot of microclimates that mm-hmm. they they compare different properties to the grapes depending on the exposure where they are located. Mm-hmm. So it's really amazing. You cannot imagine. In, in one kilometer different the, the expression of the different grapes have nothing to do with what you can expect.
1: I can't wait to explore. So,
2: have you ever been in the Priera? No, no,
1: not yet, unfortunately. But yeah. I can. You're
2: welcome to visit that whenever you. you have a chance.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I also saw the beautiful videos on YouTube where you talk about the vineyards. So, if anyone looking for more detailed information, it's a it's a great clip. It's because about yes. In
2: fact, you know, with with yeah. all this with all the COVID situation, we are trying to. To communicate with people yeah. in a in a different way, so we are trying to to explain how the Priorat, not only about Perinet, because we we are mostly interested in getting to know the people, how Priorat is, where it's located, yeah. how how Priora has made this amazing wine. Because if people know Priorat, they will come and meet Perinet. Yeah. So the the strategy. For us the strategy is more that you understand the Pirate, that you love the Pirat, and then you will love us. You know, so mm. it's a it's a kind of back and forth that it's necessary for us to explain both at the same time.
1: Mm. Yeah, because you somehow have to make the terroir famous first, right?
2: And the uh, yes, you know, and the and that's, the you know, this rocky place full of slate. Yeah. Um, it was really uh, very difficult to get new plantations here. So the area was was almost abandoned uh, mm-hmm. like a uh, hundred years ago, mm-hmm. and because you cannot mm-hmm. grow almost nothing here, so the you know the soil is this kind mm-hmm. of clay, and there is no topsoil. Topsoil doesn't exist. We only have bottom soil. Mm-hmm. So really, you know, there is only rocks on the surface. And then it makes the roots have very strict conditions to penetrate down. So really, it, it's difficult. And, and people, and you know, when Phylloxera arrived, people were just giving up planting here and they abandoned all the area and they moved to the coast. Mm-hmm. And that was only 35 years ago when, when, you know, people started coming here again and replanting and then mm-hmm. planting new vineyards and so that's why it has been a very new challenge. The area is quite old, but the new winemaking area has been growing in the last 35 years. So really, it's a new. It's full of young winemakers. Probably is one of the areas in Spain where you find the 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 winemakers are are quite young because we all came here like 20 years ago. Well, now we're not as young as we used to, but um, but we we arrived here. 20 years ago, more than half of the people was making wine here. We we just started in 2000. Hmm. And where do you come from, Tony? So I was born in the Pyrenees. So okay. I'm coming from the really cold mountains, mountains in the Pyrenees. Uh-huh. Um, I was I was uh, I was born in a farm, and I was raising cows since I was a kid. So really, <laughs> um, what made me what made me Feel interested in, in in wines is because when I was tasting milk at home, milk used to taste differently depending on the season of the year. I, my mind was completely uh, crazy to get to know and to understand the wine. So really, I I decided to study chemistry and then wine making. So then I, I moved to the Priorat and, and this is a special area. So once you come, it's difficult for you to live. <laughs> and you, Carlota. I come from Tarragona, but Mm -hmm. I came here when I have eight months and I stay living here. And after I go, I return to Tarragona to study Uh and when I have a seventeen I go to Lleida and then I study engineering and after I return to Priorat because Tony, it's true. (laughs) I'm in love with horses, but living here, it's really special. In mm-hmm. some place we say in Pryorat, this is the silence valley. The sensations we um. have in Piorat are really special. Mm-hmm. And we have the Monsan. Uh, mm-hmm. Monsan is another really, really magic area for me. Um. You. And you never got will One return when you can.
1: Wow, you, you did a great marketing. I can really can't wait to <laughs> to, to go there. Maybe I stuck there. Oh, maybe I open
2: up one binary. Well, uh, No, I'm I'm really inviting you to come because the experience of being here, it's like halfway uh, to what you can imagine right now.
1: <laughs> okay, so let's dive uh, deep into the terroir, maybe, because you already showed me the rico- Licorera. Rico- licorera? Yes. We yeah, call it li- Licorella, yes.
2: Licorrea.
1: Yeah, this is kind of a brown slate, right? Which is a bit softer than...
2: Yes, in fact, this is the, you know, the regular slate, but it's, it's very oxidized. You see this brown spots here. It's, it's full. Cool. It has a high iron content. So iron oxidates and it becomes this kind of, um, brown thing. And this makes this also be very, um, breakable. So really it's easy. It's not hard. It's not hard. So, Roots can penetrate quite easily, mm-hmm. and because it oxidates, it's slate. Usually, the the real slate, the one that doesn't oxidate, it's like black or blue. True. But this is uh, this is another mm-hmm. kind of slate, which is which also gives a lot of minerality to the wines. This kind of metallic taste Sometimes mm-hmm. it comes from this high iron content, which is really helpful for the plants to survive because the plants they need. Iron to you know to to survive for the metabolism and to produce the, the the sugars and so on. So iron is one of the minerals that is more important in in plants. So yeah, this kind of plate it's kind of crazy. It's only existing in the south of France in in Banyuls mm-hmm. and also in in Porto and in Germany in Rheingau. and mm-hmm. in, in I was working in a company in Rheingau and the soil is exactly the same but the only difference is here you see the rocks because the weather is, is it's kind of warmer and in germany you feel you touch the grass the grass is growing on top of this but yeah, the, the top soil is yeah and it's it's exactly the same kind of soil but it, depending on the weather and the rainfall amount you mm. get more green um mulching or not and uh, how would you say that it differs
1: from uh, like a blue slate and red slate maybe in the mosel or in terms of also in viticulture
2: i think here because the iron oxidates, it's not you know that in mosel for example or in heingau um, they use a lot these uh, they plant these on white grapes and varietals like riesling yeah so riesling when it really comes onto the soil It gets these secondary aromas in bottle, more like kerosene or all these aromas Mm. are very difficult from. So this kind of soil promotes all these aromas related to minerality and and phosphorus. So Mm. here is the same, but instead we grow red grapes, so then we get more of these fruity aromas. So then this soil becomes this very ripe blackberry, currant, and also some licorice. So sometimes the liquor is, and it comes also from this soil because it combines with the reductiveness of the iron, and mm. then it makes it very special so i I think it's quite of similar, but the grapes are completely different, mm. and for example, cariñena is is promoted into this soil to become more this black current kind of thing, mm. and also the phosphorus and minerality that sometimes you find. In, in grizzlings growing in in the mussel, but grizzling has a specific aroma um, which then later will develop into this kerosene when you taste a very old grizzling that that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the and Priyoda is very young we we still don't know how mm-hmm. this Carignan pendant will evolve in twenty years okay. in 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 Alsace in, in Mosul you know. There is a very old reason and you know how they taste, but here it's a very young appellation and there's still a lot to, to to discover and there's a lot of research to be done. Mm. And,
1: but do you think that for example this irony notes or as you mentioned, that there is a lot of iron in this kind of salt? Do you think that this is somehow, some magical way also transfers into the wine in terms of like a meaty flavor, some meaty
2: character? Yes. Way? As as you as you mentioned before, the as it's the same when you grow in clay. Clay has a lot of iron, and iron, for example, in Tempranillo grapes, they turn into meaty taste. If you know the areas in La Rioja with this soil, red the soil, then the Tempranillo becomes very meaty. Mm. This is being promoted. the meaty taste also in Cariñena. Mm. <laughs> so we see that some of the grapes, they promote the meaty taste and some other grapes, not as much, but most of them, they become this kind of, it's called reductiveness, in fact. Yeah. But um, in terms of a sommelier, I would say meaty, you not know, this kind of... Um, so it's very similar to some of the old vines of the Teferillo in La Rioja growing in in, in iron clay soil. Mm. And... Uh,
1: just in terms of differentiation between Monsant and Priorat, maybe the soil is one of the biggest difference, right? Because in Monsant, yes. they have a more diverse kind of soil, right?
2: See, sí. so, so, in fact, if this is Priorat, sorry, this is Monsant, this is Priorat. Mm. Priorat is, is in the middle. The, in the inner part of the Priorat County, which is the Priorat, Priorat, Appalachian, and Priorat County. Mm-hmm. This is full of licorella, so only this mm-hmm. everything surrounding, everything that's around the prerat, it's more clayey soils, mm-hmm. clayey and loamy soils and calcary soil. So then you get always the difference when you taste. Prerat gets more concentrated, small berries, full body tannins, and also you get this kind of meaty, minerality or reductiveness. In the, in the Monsant, you get fruity, you get big berries, you get less inch, but easy to drink, and you get this more kind of easy going wine. So it's really, both appellations are very close, but the soil um, transfers completely a different profile into the wines. Hmm. Yeah, so and soil is kind of important. Mm-hmm.
1: And, but also like this, Two grape varieties, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, uh, Grenache or Ganacha and Carignano. Yeah. But these are also kind of common in, uh, also in Monsanto and also in Priorat, In right? both. Yeah. Because they were common in the
2: Priorat County. And mm. Priorat County, only 25 years ago, uh, only Priorat was existing as an appellation. Monsanto was created much later to differentiate the wine from Monsanto and from the Priorat. So then they they both live together. So it's like a marriage. And then they market the wines differently. They do completely different things. But yes, all the county was planted in Ganacha and Carolina. Probably you will find also a bigger percentage of white grapes in Monsanto than Priorat. So Priorat, it's almost 95, 96% is red. And Monsanto has a 20%. Varietals on white. So also that makes a difference. And what are those varieties? Garnacha Blanca, I think. Garnacha Blanca, Macabeo also, oh. and Pedro Jiménez. But Pedro Jiménez, as you may know, you might know Pedro Jiménez from the Sherry in Spain in the South. Here it's made as a still wine. It does. It's not made as a uh, oxidative wine, or uh, oloroso, or fino, manzanilla. It's only made as a steel wine, and it usually it's blended. It's blended with garnacha and malbeco because Pedro Ximenez oxidates very easily. Okay, that's why the Pedro Ximenez and the fino is made in the sherry wine because they they oxidate very fast.
1: Yeah, and also kind of neutral grape variety, right? Yes, exactly. Mm. Yeah, so and because there is also another great difference or in terms of uh, administration maybe, but RioRat is also DOQ and uh, Monsanto DO. Can you maybe tell us why, what is actually the difference in terms of DOQ and DO? So what are the terms?
2: uh, Yes, see uh, in the DOQ is always uh, on top of DO and the difference it Uh, they have a very strict regulations on the yield production. So you can only produce six tons per hectare in the flora, but you can produce 12 tons per hectare in Monsanto. So that makes one of the biggest difference. Of course, this is well adapted to the soil because when you grow into this rock, you will never produce 12 tons per hectare course. But they just differentiated on this. Um And then another difference is when you get the wine, before you press the wine, you cannot extract more than 63% of juice when pressing in priori. So okay. from 100 kilos, you can only get 63 liters of wine. If you press more, you need to throw away the, the leftovers. You cannot go and press. So this is a really high, quality, free-run juice. And why is and that? In other
1: places, you can go higher. And why is that? Or how does it have the quality?
2: Because they, because the berries are, are smaller. If you press more, then you extract too much bitterness. Uh-huh. So it's really well regulated on because pura doesn't want to extract the bitterness on the tennis. Also, alcohol is higher in the pura. You are not allowed to pick up the grapes below 13 and a half for reds and 13 for whites instead monsan you can pick the berries much before they get 13 and a half so then you get also so the regulations are are at this level and and the regulation happens in every step like irrigation and no irrigation like yield and then pressing pressure and you know you get all these And at the end, you get less amount from a Priorat vineyard and you get bigger amounts from a Monsanto. So then it has to be um, reflected into the price. That's why sometimes Priorat, it gets uh, a little bit more expensive than Monsanto wines, because you can extract much less and then the cost is always adding up into the Priorat wines and it gets a little bit higher. Mm
1: -hmm. And is it also very strict in terms of ageing restriction? So how long can it be in a barrel?
2: No, in terms of aging, the only thing is in period you cannot do aging in, in vessels bigger than 600. Mm-hmm. So you can always do aging in 225, in 300, in, but no higher than 600. If mm-hmm. you do aging in, in vessels that are higher than, than 600 liters, you cannot put on the label that your wine has been aging enough for example so if I'm using a, a big tank of oak I cannot put into the wine that it's been aging enough that's the, the, the regulations of the of the deal because they consider they need a smaller oak so they consider they need um, they need more influence from the oak rather than using big volume at Perinet we work with all sides we use 225 for Cabernet, 300 for Syrah and Pinot, and 600 for Grenache. So we try to adapt the amount of tannin, the amount of tannins contained into the grapes, related to the surface area of the barrel. So we try to adapt to balance the wine to get a nice balance between the tannin from the grape and the tannin from the barrel. Mm.
1: And I think then that that's a great. Uh, starting point from the grapes, right so how uh, is it actually differ, or where is actually the difference between garnacha and uh, carinena the two See, most important? and then
2: the main difference is that garnacha has low acidity carinena has big acidity Garnacha has higher aroma carinena is more neutral, and then concentration you get always more alcohol in Grena. And less alcohol in Carignan. So both grapes have been surviving and being planted together since since uh, very ancient times. Like I compare the Carnacha in Carignana to a to a Bordeaux blend like Cabernet Merlot. Cabernet, Cabernet tannins, Merlot acidity. No both in the history of wine making, there there has been always two grapes that they match together. Or like mm. in Coduron, you get Cira Grenache. You know, so if, if you travel, you will see that there is always two graves that are matching together very well. So same with match and Karnacea. But Karnacea okay. has become much more famous than Karnacea. But both have been related very close to, to, to really uh, understand each other. And in
1: terms of... Uh ripening period and how do these varieties actually act in the vineyard
2: so in fact one grape it's called isohydrate, and the other one anisohydric this means one can survive with always getting a loss of water through the canopy the other one Protects the loss of water by closing the stomata. The stomata are a kind of small pores that they got on the leaves. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're trying to protect from from hot, trying to cover your body, or you you don't protect from the sun without covering your body. So it's kind. So they have different mechanisms. So so that that provokes that one grape has a very long um growing cycle and the other one very short. So this also changes depending on the weather every season, but usually one goes the opposite of the other. Okay. So in hot climate, in hot seasons, you get grenache, okay. it's being picked much later and cutting in before. But it's a temperate vintage, it's the opposite. So those grapes they are really uh, 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 they are offering you different um, situations because the, meta- the metabolism is really well adapted to this climate. Is, and you can see sometimes you you need to wait like three weeks more to pick Renage rather than Carignan. In other vintages it's completely the opposite because one adapts to the weather and the other one not. So they have different mechanisms to adapt and they react differently when it's a hot vintage or not.
1: Okay it's like they want to be married and just balance each yes.
2: other out <laughs> they need they need each other they yeah. need each other mm-hmm.
1: and uh, you also have planting started in 2000
2: or in um... in 2000 yes yeah?
1: so all, these all are planting, quite
2: yeah all plantings were done in 2000 so now we got about uh, 20, 20 20 20 20 years old uh, plantings
1: Mm-hmm. And do do you see also maybe the change in terms of age or the yield or how these grapevines are actually aging? Or have you? No,
2: no. In fact, uh, twenty years ago, the, the vines were tiny, so you could not, um, you couldn't say that the production was less because they were tiny. And mm-hmm. uh, now they grow. Now we produce about one kilo per one square meter of canopy, which is the the ratio that I like, but the ratio that the vines like. So the vines can really um, grow well if you only grow one kilo per vine. If you try to produce more, you see they get tired because uh-huh. the summer steers are really strong and really hard. So really it's it's hard for them to survive if they got like two kilos per, per, per vine. So they, they can grow happily, one kilo and yeah, they don't need irrigation they don't need um, any other thing so really that's the best uh, ratio between production and kind of thing
1: okay let's what do you say we drink the first wine and uh, then go on with the drink, say,
2: right? you know i would say pouring uh almost uh, pouring Garnacha and cariglena if you want side at the same side. time sure and then we can go back and forth but uh, sure. let's say uh Grenage on your left and and Tendence on your right okay so Grenage on your left and Karenina on your right
1: because um we also talked about off the record but we opened uh, three vines yesterday with my girlfriend and uh it was a which one did you
2: enjoy the most
1: beautiful experience me personally the Karenina But my girlfriend, uh, the cuvée. Ah, okay. um, That's good. Beautiful, thing. So
2: also, I have to say that um, usually Garnacha has less color than Carignana, but in the Priorat, it really gets both concentrated at the same time. But if you compare, you will see Carignana has a deeper layer than Green Ice because of the concentration of tannins and color. Okay, but in in general, also you can see the legs. The legs in your glass are, are like quite important uh, yeah. because of the alcohol. But then, because there is high acidity, it, the alcohol compensates quite well. And even if you see a lot of legs, then you feel the the wines are quite balanced. And also, what
1: what yesterday I maybe noticed? I'm not sure if the the lightning conditions are uh ideal but i think the garnacha has more like a purplish kind of reflex and um yes. the it's a more reddish kind of brick
2: yes yeah. exactly you see these on the on the rim yeah if you look on the rim you can see the different reflections. Yeah.
1: and also in terms of alcohol they are like uh, kind monsters
2: i would say the grenache has 16 no. alcohol Yes, 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 yes. Well, but that's, you know, in in former times, that was the regular alcohol for a pure wine. So this area was really producing. So for us, the maximum alcohol we we can get to call it a steel wine is 18. So you can produce an 18 degree alcohol, and the law will protect as a steel wine. Okay. You know, it's not going to be. Liquor, no, it's going to be a steel wine. Mm -hmm. Monsanto, for example, it goes up to 16. So more than 16, it's a 45. Mm -hmm. But in Priora, more than 18 is a 45, but less than 18 is still a steel wine.
1: But do you usually have this kind of alcohol levels, like 16 or is it only the 17
2: vintage? No, usually it's in between 15 and a half. 16 and a half, always, hmm. always. Because sometimes you need the aromas, you can peak at 14, but then you lose a lot of aromas. And then the alcohol is much more intense when it gets 14 and a half than when it gets even 16. Because you get polysaccharides yeah. coming into your mouth when it's more ripe. So then you, you feel these velvety sensations mm. because of the very ripe grapes and because of polysaccharides. If not, you get less alcohol, but then you feel much more mm-hmm. the alcohol. Mm-hmm. That's the main difference.
1: <laughs> okay. And so in w- sense- w- when was the picking time for this? So if
2: you so s- we, we the- spent months on picking this, and we pick the grenache in like a month, depending mm-hmm. on the exposure. We don't pick by the grade. We pick by the exposure. So south exposure is always being picked much sooner than north exposure, even if they grow in the same time. Mm. Okay, so we usually peak by exposure.
1: And like October, or what What are we talking about?
2: Yes, and end of September is the beginning of harvest, and then it, um, it lasts till the end of October, sometimes beginning of November.
1: Mm, okay. Yeah, so please... Introduce me to these beauties. How was how were they made?
2: I would say it's like a couple, mm-hmm. and that's why I I I like to make these two single videos because one goes with the other one. So, and this is the way to understand Grenache and the way to understand Carignan, and then you can understand the cuvee. So the grenade as well, you will always get this very ripe marmalade kind of aromas which it come, it's coming with a very ripe nice so this is very very common into in this today you know our bottles are also open after two days ago and today is yes. it smells yes. much better than <laughs> when we opened it the first time you know in the mouth you mm. feel this kind of full body tannins but there is quite a nice freshness in the aftertaste and you get this natural acidity which which makes the alcohol, um, of course it's a hot wine, like used regularly in Spain because we are in Spain, but it's not really bothering you. So it's really compensating and the acidity will always make your aftertaste longer. So the acidity will take the alcohol to the to, to the back nose and, and to the aftertaste to make it more enjoyable. It doesn't stay here, okay. So medium to low acidity, but in this case the grenache from the Priorat it's quite high. Not as not as high as Carignana, but it's quite it's quite high, and it's necessary for the uh, the alcohol to match and to balance each other. People like quite nice in terms of tannins. What do you think about the tannins?
1: No, I think the, in just, just to compare, I take a sip from the other one because I didn't drink today. Mm, because I think that the tannins are in terms of level, maybe it's similar. But the ganacha has a much kinder kind of feel. It's a bit more melty, not so not so harsh maybe. And uh, the Karanyena has a bit more like um, firm tannins maybe, and um, a bit more manly I would say maybe. <laughs> yes. And and the granache I yesterday I also had this feeling. It's like a white strawberry, but in every possible manner. Like it's the dried, the fresh, the jam, uh, yes, every
2: kind of white
1: strawberry flavors. That's, it, it's... The
2: complexity, that's the complexity of the aromatic palette.
1: Yeah. And true. that's,
2: you only get this when you bring the grapes to the very ripe stage. If not, mm. you get fresh fruit. Hmm. But if you bring them to the very end, then you get both. The fresh, the medium, and then the very ripe Mm. From the same aroma, you see all all the range of of palette. So yeah. really and
1: it's like a washing machine. It's constantly changing in my mouth, like a centrifuge.
2: <laughs> yes, it's it's and it, melting. The, and, the, and it's I think it's quite long. The aftertaste, yeah. it's really quite long. And see, I like the caramella today. Mm-hmm. It's quite very. You know, it's coming up this iron, meaty taste yeah. in the curry.
1: hmm True, yeah. But I actually feel like a white peppery nose already on the Grenache. When I opened it, it was not there. But it's starting to get...
2: Yeah. See, it's evolving all time. It depends yeah. on, on, on for how long have you been opening the bottle, very Really? uh uh-huh. It's really evolving through time. Oh.
1: But to be honest, uh, the Carignana is so so peppery and spicy to me already in the nose, and it also this cardamom note. Nothing yes. a very a distinctive, and it's more like, more of a fusion of red and uh, black berries, I okay. would say. It's a more broader spectrum of fruit.
2: Please, you may find the fruits also. Yeah, true. Oh, beautiful. I like the freshness of the Carignana together with the tannins because, of course, these wines are young and you can keep these wines in bottle for much longer, so this is not a problem. But really, it's a wine that you can drink now and you can drink it much later. So it's not a wine that absolutely needs storage. So you can drink and if you store, you improve. Yeah. But reality is that a Mediterranean wine is always like this. You can drink it now and you can mm. drink in a few years. Mm. The Atlantic, you need to wait to store the wines and then drink afterwards like, like Bordeaux blend. Yeah. You know, if you taste the Bordeaux blend from 2018, no, it's too, you need it it really needs ten years in bottle. Yeah. No, Mediterranean wines are, are kind of this this uh, duality. No, you can drink it now, but you know if you wait, you can also drink it later. Yeah, If you have the
1: patience, then you'll be rewarded, yeah. (laughs) But uh, do you think it's, uh, it's because of the ripeness? Because they are really, really ripe and then they are then ready to drink, but that is a step with time to improve?
2: So Atlantic has also high acidity, even higher than the Mediterranean side. But in the Atlantic, they don't get enough um, enough sun yeah. the accumulated are, they are sun hours, so the tannins are not as polymerized as the Mediterranean because it gets more sun. so then this comp- this makes the wine be drinkable much sooner. Mm. But and then th- the tannins in the Atlantic, they evolve in the bottle and they can become extremely great, but mm. if they need time. It's the only thing. <laughs> like a good boy and a bad boy. You know, both can succeed in time, but they need, they need different rules. <laughs> so,
1: do you say that your vines are good boys?
2: <laughs> well, our nature is, is, is better than Carinena sometimes. Yeah, I so, have a feeling
1: yeah. too. The Carinena has a bit more filthiness. Filth <laughs> yes. Um but can you talk about the wine making as well if you may? Yeah, but the Yes, in
2: terms of winemaking, um I'm, I'm not really uh trying to use a lot of techniques, but I use one technique that I learned in New Zealand and this technique is helping me a lot to extract without extracting. So let's say Uh, you know, when you try to extract tannins, when they, they, you get your grapes in a, in a tank, you need to mix, you need to do pump overs and you need to mix the skin to the juice to extract the tannins and the color. So I'm using a technique, a technique that's called gas rambling. So it's a tank, it's a tube, and then I push with compressed air, and then I put like compressor inside the tank, and then the air, makes the pump overs happen Hmm. so if there is never a a machine that really breaks the skin so it's the air that's helping mixing the tannins and the skins with the juice so this technique is helping a lot because you extract without extracting too much okay so then you can use this technique it's very easy it's very clean you don't need a pump you don't need anything and then this technique helps to avoid uh, extraction of bitter tannins because there is one important thing in the priorat. Uh, we get high alcohol. So uh, tannins extract with alcohol. Mm-hmm. So you need to be very careful during the, ex- the extraction during your cup management because if you if you mix too harsh, you can extract bitter And this way with the air, here air mixing. It doesn't extract a lot and it but it keeps extracting, you know, it it, it extracts little by little, but it's not really a, I'm not breaking the skins, I'm not working with too much fine downs because really you are the air, it's much softer. And then I do a lot, a very long maceration. So I extract by macerating. I don't extract by a lot of mechanical. Um, but I extract a lot then during natural diffusion of the molecule. So by macerating later after fermentation.
1: Mm-hmm. And this is then also sounds much softer than a remontage, for example, right? Much softer, much softer. Yeah. And But you also do some, on some of your vines, I think I read that you do pichage, right? Yes,
2: I do pichage at the end of fermentation, mm-hmm. when the cup is wet and it's tough. So I do mostly do gas ramming at the beginning because you get a very thick cup okay. with, you know, all the skin, the CO2 mm-hmm. is pushing up the skins, and then you get a thick cup. And then at the end of the fermentation, when the, the cup is much softer mm-hmm. and it, it starts to fall down, they're using the spines down to really uh, keep the cup
1: wet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And do you
2: also do cold soaking? more? Yes, at the beginning, but now we, we're, uh, we are renting a big fridge and we store the grapes after picking into the big fridge. So really cold soaking is not needed because when we put the grapes into the tank, they are quite cold and then we just leave it for two, three hours mm-hmm. to, to rise and the temperature a bit higher and then fermentation starts. Okay. So I'm not really picking the grapes at a hot temperature and then doing cold soak but I'm picking the grapes hot because it's hot the weather but then we we cool down the entire grape so we don't break the berries when they are hot. Mm-hmm.
1: And are you able to do spontaneous fermentation with this kind of alcohol levels? Or
2: Yes, in fact it works much better. If you use um, autolyzed uh, yeast, you see the yeast are not very well adapted, so the best way to do for, to manage fermentation is using of yeast because they get adapted to the variety and to the areas, so it works much better. same with malolactic mal- bacteria. I'm not using bacteria malolactic bacteria at all, and all malolactic is finished after fermentation because if they 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 get adapted, and if not, I've been using in the past some some autolyzed yeast and and adding malolactic bacteria during malolactic fermentation, but it's really hard and they they are not adapted to the alcohol degrees like 16. Hmm. It's good to hear so, because uh,
1: I uh, most I mostly have the feeling that I tend to have a natural uh, sympathy. For wines that are made with the native yeast, or actually yes. my body absorbs them somehow better. And but it's have... a
2: natural way. We are we are mammals, and mammals are adapted to live in a forest and to eat from a forest. So we are used to eat grapes, uh, almost almost fermented grapes. So fermented food should be something that should be common in mammals. But sometimes, you no, know, the evolution has made our lives um uh change the habits and so it's difficult sometimes to manage the way we live right now. but if you think of a biological origin and if you think that we were we were used to live in a in a forest then um it's of course if you drink wines that have like a um multiple uh, population of yeast and bacteria, these will always be very. Um, well assimilated by by you, by your gut, and your dad will really recognize that this is familiar. No? So mm. sometimes we need to change a little bit the mentality and try to work as much as we can, uh working in a natural mm. way because it will will have an impact on, on your health
1: too. True. And I think these wines are great ambassadors for this course. So and the yesterday the ganacha Was much more fruitier, much much fruitier, and almost like ninety percent of the aromas were literally strawberry and white strawberry kind of blueberry kind of. But today it's
2: much much spicier. You know why? No, please. Because the the size of the molecules for the fruitness are much smaller, Mm -hmm. so they volatilize, volatilize. much sooner than the than the spicy molecules. Yeah. So some of the spicy molecules, the the molecular weight of the molecule is higher, so it keeps it keeps attached to them. It doesn't volatile volatilize and it uh-huh. keeps attached to liquid. Yeah. No, sometimes it's like tannins. Tannins they never are volatile because they are too heavy; they can never uh, leave the the body. No, it's like your soul. <laughs> your soul is a protein. <laughs> Your body stays, and your skeleton are the tannins. No, so it's a comparison with when you die, you get your soul, your body, and the skeleton is always there. So the skeleton is acidity and tannins. Then your body decomposes. So that's the you know the spicy and uh-huh. and your soul like like the fruitness. No? it's very
1: similar. Well, you are like a poet uh, with with this wine in your hand. Are you always no, like this?
2: I, <laughs> <laughs> Like
1: I <laughs> but it was a beautiful poetic metaphor and um, could you talk a little bit about the vessels what you use for these wines and how do you in, choose
2: them? In the vessels? The tanks? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Or yes. do you use tanks? So how many barrels? How much? Which one? We use um, stainless steel tanks but quite wide. So I like, I like the extraction by my contact. And then some of these small batches, like the single vineyards, we use the open barrels. So we remove we remove the lid on the barrel, and then we do we we do the fermentation in in barrel. But some of them, in stainless steel is still is small batches, hmm. and it's not really. I, I've seen some differences, but really, what has an impact on this is the day you pick. The day you pick has an impact on the aroma profile Mm -hmm. and most of the things. Then the extraction technique about the air, but the the vessel itself, it does not really a big, big impact. Of course, with Cariñena, it does. With Cariñena, you need an open tank, much open, because the reductive uh, way of Cariñena, it needs more air than granite, so really, Cariñena needs more oxygenation than Grenache, so that's why a, a wider tank in Cariñena will improve the fermentation process. Hmm.
1: And then you also eat your vines in barrels, right? Both of hmm. them.
2: Yes, and then Garnacha is always in 600 mm-hmm. because it gets less tannin, so I like to, I like to, to store they are in a bigger house with less input. And then the Cariñena in 300. Cariñena is a medium level ten like Syrah. So I like in 300. And then Cabernet in the small. Mm-hmm. So really but, the size of the barrel instead, yeah. The size of the barrel is really affecting a lot. You know, it's like you, you're buying a small apartment or a big house. You are the same size. But a small apartment will always... No, have more impact on you, while a big house will always give you more space for yourself to express yourself, to play the piano. And in a small apartment, you cannot play the piano, but in a big apartment, yes. So the, the impact of the grape with the old, it also has an influence on the site. So that's why site is quite, quite, well, Carlotta does a lot of tasting with the clients. And, and I think this has a, uh, an impact also on the on the people. One of the funniest things is when we stay in the barrel room and we taste the same granite with the same exposure, but we taste in one flavor or the other, just only make the make the blend. And the people it's like the big barrel, you see that ice, the granite expression, it's is fruity, really fruity and you can enjoy a lot of granite. But after, sometimes he decides to change the barrel, use to taste directly from a smaller one, like, oh, this is good, a lot yeah. of good, all mm-hmm. the tertiary aromas, and you don't feel the granite with this intensity. But mm-hmm. for the customers, it's really strange to understand that one yeah. barrel can have in in that, the wine. Mm-hmm. And this is really funny. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure. And do you use always first-filled barrels, or do you use uh, also second
2: and third-filled so you no, we have like only 20 percent you walk and then the rest is second and third year mm-hmm. and french always or do you use also american i think okay French, so french helps on on maturating the tannins but it does not impact too much on the nose. Mm-hmm. American oil has a high impact on the nose and it doesn't it doesn't um, prepare the tannins for the 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 aging. So that's why pre-red wines are quite uh it uh, also we use uh we've got like four American barlers and we are doing trials. With Carinena, American barley works very well, for example. Mm-hmm. But for green ice it it really has an impact. Mm-hmm. And uh Carlota, what is your favorite
1: kind of style? Do you also have an impact maybe on the winemaking or
2: I'm really in love with pendants For me, mm-hmm. pandemic not uh we have five single vineyards. Now you can enjoy must deliver nice, you can enjoy uh <laughs> Carignan. But when we saw the results of these wines, uh we thought maybe we have to I said to if please, can you make more single vineyards? <laughs> <laughs> Have your wines, but your wines are really special. Single vineyards are really special. For the people it's like you no know, with 1194 with pirinet, happens the same, but sometimes some people say Pirinet. for me Pinot for me 1194 with single vineyards it's like and and the other thing the granite is more pop, more popular the Cabernet Sauvignon the people who come here and enjoy our single vineyard Cabernet like I I I couldn't think Cabernet Savignon uh can be as as intense, as but pendant uh nobody he and Priorat, everybody uh know what's Carignan, but if you are not from here, it's Karinan. What's Karinana, mm, what's that? And when they taste it's similar to taste, uh, Tony always say that Carignan is similar like like this. Well, when you lick when you lick. But mm-hmm. it's true that not imagining that the smell is like wow, no, what is happening in this glass? The same mm-hmm. with the granite, but for me, Carignan is really special because the people—it's mm, not normal that they taste Carignan, uh, mm-hmm. and the surprise—the wine is really good, but when they surprise and they can. And and they are professionals. A lot of people who come here, they they travel around the world and they can explain you a lot of things of wine. But when I present and then it's like, it's <laughs> yeah. not for its reason, not because it's better. Hmm. The reason is the similarity of the value. Mm-hmm. I think people finally they like the earthiness and some of the more interesting aromas because yeah. the fruit Proteinous, you can find proteinous in, in a lot of wines. So when they find something that is different than usual, then they feel attracted by that produce. And also it's a grain that, that it doesn't I mean, it's very few planted in the world. Mm. So, you know, renege is more popular and then you get renege everywhere you go and yeah. different styles. And, but carignan, it's only here. It's only the smallest spots in the world where you can find carignan. So carignan is very attractive for the the, the educated uh, people. So people who really know about wine, they are really fascinated on it. And the no, other but, thing that... No? No, no, sorry, no. Uh, <laughs> When you have five varieties, I can explain, it's the same profile, but you can understand the different varieties. And when we have two granites, we can say it's the same variety, but different exposures. Mm. And it's funny and... In our opinion, when we go to the first, the people, it's surprised when they can taste this wine.
1: Yeah, because it's also quite rare to find as a single variety, right? It's
2: almost always in blends. Yes. So this uh, these is are, these are always a single vineyard. This is always a single grape. In fact, it's single vineyard, single variety. Oh. So, yeah. Okay, and then we, we make the other ones are blends, but this is 100%.
1: Yeah, but I mean, in worldwide or in Europe, uh, maybe in France, Carignan. It's it's. I I personally haven't seen any single variety of Car- Carignan. Yeah,
2: yeah it's, it's always
1: blended. It's always, always blended. Yeah. So, but it's. I think what Carlotta described. I think it also fits me very well because it has some. I like wines which have um, kind of a dirtiness or I don't know how to express that. This kind of you <laughs> can maybe say. Yeah. <laughs> uh like a dark um I I try to avoid this term minerality but it has it. It's like a like a dirty kind of soil stony puristic kind of rusticity which which always uh, can be found almost in in a good priori wine. I think it has it. And it if you smell it you you kind of expect like a like a jammy fruit bomb or I don't know how to say it but then yeah it just kind of sucks you up and then it really with the steps and then it's really, it's mystical, I think, what this wine, because you, I really have to find the descriptors for, for this taste. So it's not like the usual suspects, you know, oh, only blueberries and I don't know what, but it has some, some I don't know, some mystical about it. It's so beautiful.
2: <laughs> no, but that's true. No, that's why when you, when you have an aroma that, that makes you think, it creates a surprise on you and when someone gets surprised by something, you yeah. get attracted. Attracted to do this yeah. surprise and something that it's, oh, what's that? What's this aroma, earthiness, meaty or whatever? People mm-hmm. is kind of uh, attracted. I have yeah. to say too that sometimes we present a, a lot of wines and sometimes mm-hmm. uh, one customer prefer this wine, not the most expensive, mm-hmm. not always the carignan, it depends. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy it with this too. Mm. Because it means that not the most expensive wine is the better wine for one person.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah.
2: For me, Merit, I I only want to say that Merit, our entry wine, for me, this is one of the wine that can surprise the every everybody. When I say, Oh, this is my my entry my, my entry level wine, it tastes like it's a It's a it's a it's a turn soon from prior. Sure. Mm.
1: Okay. So, we, we, we will open. We will open the merit because we also got a bottle. Thank you very much again. Um,
2: we That's also got easy. a bottle,
1: but I haven't. I haven't opened that one. Uh, I only the pairing yet. The yeah.
2: Perignet. Let's take one now. Yeah. See.
1: But the Merit, the entry level wine, was only in stainless steel, right? So it's reductive.
2: Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, it's reductive. I, I am doing. I, I am doing an aging oh. on this. And here. so the, the evolution it happens, but then it it keeps the earthiness and it keeps the minerality. Mm-hmm. Cheers! Cheers! Cheers!
1: Cheers. Salut! <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow!
1: Wow! Wow! Yeah.
2: We don't need pendants. Pe- I understand your friend. I don't need pendants. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I do that. this pendants is the best one. Like, you can see genetics like... No, I think genetics it, is um, it's the core. No, I think it's the core. It's the it's the philosophy. No, it's something that it represents a lot. It represents stories, story. It represents a place. It's the sum of different things. But uh, I like it.
1: I know. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's such a, just such a tremendous complexity, I would say. But it also maybe yeah. coming from the blend that it's not only a single varietal. So, but it it still has the very bright acidity, but not aggressive, but really just accompanies the whole tannin structure. It keeps it keeps to be. I don't know it's somehow flowing the wine, but still the acidity keeps it afloat so
2: no I say we describe like like an explosion you feel you feel all your earlier your mouth can get complete, you feel here and here and here the acidity and mm. and, and and the taste is long
1: wow, and the whole See. mouth is covered with like um different aromatic yeah. coats. It has, uh, wow, uh, the brand is uh, Carignan, um, Grenache, Syrah, Cabernet Sauvignon?
2: Yes, Carignan, Cabernet Syrah.
1: Wow, but it has it has a more
2: like a vanilla kind of
1: spicing. in Yeah,
2: it has been aging because it gets the Cabernet that's aging in small barrels and also it's been for between 15 and 18 months in, in oak. Okay. So then the aftertaste, it comes up this vanilla coconut, mostly coconut taste, that it comes, Yeah. that's to That's yeah. some fitness.
1: And uh, because these three vines that we tried, these are also different vineyards. You have three vineyards,
2: right? Three main... Um, Blocks, yes, we've right. got different, seed. so the single vineyards are coming one from each vineyard, and this is coming from Mas del Che, mm-hmm. which is the name of the vineyard that's it's around, it's near Poboleda. It's the one that's near Poboleda. Okay. But in this case, it's a state wine, it's a combination of vineyards, and it's a combination of grapes. But it represents the area more than Mm -hmm. the vineyard. It represents the area where we
1: are. Mm -hmm. And the main difference between these um, vineyard plots, so these three plots, is basically the exposure, right? Yes, exposure. Okay.
2: Because in this case, there is four different grapes, but we Uh pick them in very different times and different exposure. So when when we make the Carignana. The cariñena is a blend of different cariñenas exposure. Okay, so we picked it for to make this. We did a hard job on blending the same cariñena from the same place, but they are picked at different times of the season because of different exposure. Mm-hmm. And the same here.
1: Because, um, <laughs> I would guess that this is a more northerly exposure if i if I could imagine I don't know, but
2: mm, It's a combination. It's combination a combination
1: okay because uh, you which variety would you plant maybe on a more northern facing side and which one on the more south facing
2: the isohydrate I would plant in the north mm-hmm. and the annisohy in the south.
1: And by because, naming the grape varieties, because maybe not only let
2: every know this. I, I was checking if you're. If, if you're <laughs> I would take Grenache facing north and Caribbean facing south.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> wow. And I would have a, maybe another question, a more personal level. What do you drink in your free time, if not Priorat or maybe Monsanto? What Here. are your inspirations? <laughs> What are the inspirations if you have any? A lot a lot of beer. Let's
2: see. No, I now i reality is that I'm very open, but I I what I try to do is the single grapes, because I always try to see how people is making that but now I'm more moving to white. I have to say that I'm moving to white. Okay. Now I'm, I'm, I'm really, the other day my wife was surprised because he said, Are we buying wine? And I said, Yes. And we got a French Chenin from Loire. And now I I don't know why, but after six months, I'm buying French wine. It's crazy, but I'm buying Chablis. I love Chablis, Chardonnay from Chablis and Chenin from Val de Luar's. Now we're buying because he likes whites and I, I'm really fan of whites too. Whites with minerality. I love Rieslings from Heineau because I was learning a lot there and I bought plenty at home. But I am moving to whites with minerality. I don't know why because it's crazy. Similar. I have <laughs> a lot of bottles at home and I keep buying French. French, raw, but nice price. It's not expensive wine, but really. So, I'm happy to,
1: to, to move to white. Wow, then uh, when I travel to Priorat, I will bring
2: some good whites from Austria. Okay, oh, <laughs> I, I, I there is a grape that I like a lot, it's called it's called uh huh.
1: Do so you like it? Yes, you know, it I doesn't have it. the best I, reputation.
2: I tasted only a few, Rebe, but I love Rebe. Okay. um from Rebholz in Germany. There is a wine called Re- Rebholz mm-hmm. and I like it a lot, I like it a lot. <laughs> okay,
1: oh, yeah. then I, I know the direction that which one should I bring you. <laughs> yes. <Yeah.
2: laughs>
1: and you Carlotta?
2: I'm in love with Pirinet. <laughs> <laughs> and when I are a new vintage sometimes uh, Joan, Joan is <laughs> responsible from the responsible for the cellar he give me a bottle without label. I know that it comes from my cellar. So taste it, and this mm-hmm. is the bottles I enjoy. And I reference, I'm sure this is this variety comes from. And Juan say, I never will tell you.
1: <laughs> and and what are maybe the, the future plans? What you have maybe also after Corona? Do you because you have now like 20 hectares, right? We you know we
2: got many plans. Ah no, we are no. planning to get white.
1: Okay, nice. Which variety? Sí.
2: Uh, Garnacha, Garnacha Blanca, Macabeo and Viognier. Oh, no. Viognier. Okay. Why Vionier? Because it's well adapted in the area and it adds the fatiness I like a lot. So I have in mind having the minerality of Garnacha, then the acidity of Macabeo and the fatiness of Vionier. <laughs> So I think all three can combine very well and they are well adapted to the pre mm-hmm.
1: and w- so, which w- which time segment uh, can we talk about uh, which which time period in five years or
2: yeah we so before you do um a regrafting, you need to apply to the ministry of agriculture mm-hmm. so They approved this already, so in in November, and now they they have like different technicians and they have to come check the land, and if they approve the land we decided for plantation, then we can start new plantation. So probably in, I would say probably in four years, we can get the same first production.
1: Okay, nice. And I would also like to ask you about the, your super wine, so to say, or the most uh, cherished one, the eleven ninety four. What what See, could you uh, what could you tell me about that?
2: I think eleven ninety four was more to um, to let's say to make people uh, understand the Priora right? and and they have a, a classic. Uh, not a classical way of making the wine, but a classical way to understand the purest wine. So a blend a blend of the classical grape, for me, they tell you about the wine, but they tell you about the, the, the history of the purest. And also the 11th and 24th, when the first Carthusian monastery was founded in the purest. So, you know, it tells you... So when you when you sell a bottle of eleven ninety-four to someone who has never been in the priority, someone who has never tasted the wine from the Priora, the bottle itself it tells you something. It tells you about the history, the origin, the grapes, and then you you, you are more open to understand and to taste the wine. So I, I, I wanted to make a blend that was more a classical blend, made in a modern way. Our uh, modern style and based on elegance and finesse, more rather than uh, extraction and based on elegance and finesse. So it's a wine you can drink uh, alone, sí. or with someone like a lot and, and with time,
0: <laughs> with time with a time. lot of time. No
2: stress. no, no, stress. no. Yes, no stress. not for no yeah. yeah,
1: but. I would say it's also it's a Karine garnacha blend, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's kind Taste of the it. postcard of Prioradan. Yes. The liquid postcard. <laughs> Maybe I will also age mine and open it some years later and then I I send you the tasting note on the video.
2: <laughs> yeah, of course. Sure. Do, do you also have all the vintages in the cellar? Like the first vintages
1: what you produced?
2: We are, well, we are keeping, uh, we are saving some cases and we call it the library. Uh-huh. And yes, we, we want to keep track on the evolution of the wines the time. And we have a library with all the wines and different cases. Mm. Yes. So the idea is in a few years, probably we'll make a release of like different, like a vertical tasting.
1: The- Thank you very much for your time. I don't it's almost half past eight, so I don't want to rub you with from your evening. But do you want okay. to add anything else? Maybe.
2: Thank you. Stay no. here. <laughs> we can send you the any information you you want or anything you you need, just tell us and, and we'll we'll send it to you.
1: Thank you very much, and I will also put the, the video link in the description where you explain the winya. So, so cheers okay. and salute. I will Francis, also take a, take a good memory thank of it.
2: Time.
1: <laughs> Thanks you mm-hmm. Thank you, and yeah. uh, see you hopefully, and raise glasses together, not only online, but.
2: Yes, I think we'll see in the future. No yes. sure.
1: Thanks. Salute. Thank you very much. Okay.
2: You bye bye.
0: And one more thing, I want to build a community, and I want you to be part of the Ghost team as well. With your small but generous contribution on Patreon, you will get exclusive access to the podcasts in video format and YouTube. You'll also get to know my future guests in advance, you can also submit your own questions through me. You'll also get an invitation to a monthly online meetup with me and other Wine Ghost members to discuss the episodes, arising questions, memorable wine experiences, or actually just having some classes together. You can find a link to my Patreon site in the show notes, and I greatly appreciate every help, and I do my best to live up to it. Thank you.